Welcome to week two of Christmas at His Place. And today's message is about Christmas love. Hollywood has done a great job of trying to capture the feeling of holidays in films and in Christmas specials. And what makes a great holiday movie? Well, for a lot of us, we want beautiful scenery, we want decorations throughout the town, maybe a feeling of nostalgia or even excitement because anything is possible and anything can happen next. We want fun and we want laughs. We want that fuzzy feeling. We want to see um, generous people, happy families, restored relationships. And some of you may even say, I need the love story in there too. I mean, we've got this Christmas thing boiled down to a science. And so much so that someone actually took the time to create a Hallmark movie plot generator. Anyone seen that? Here it is in all its glory. So you can look at each section. There's columns on here. You choose one from each column, and you can make your very own Hallmark movie. So for example, the career-oriented lawyer returns to her small town at Christmas time to save the family business and magically falls in love with the single dad and his precious child. And so I had a lot of fun looking, looking through this and looking at that so you guys can look that up too and enjoy that a little bit more this season. And, and this, of course, is a fun laugh. It's not to be cynical, and it's not because I hate Hallmark or I hate Christmas movies, but this is just to help us get a little perspective. Because oftentimes, there's a huge difference between the Christmas feeling that's being portrayed on the screen and what people are actually experiencing in real life. So even with all of the festivities and the traditions, Holidays can actually amplify our problems and amplify that pain. And so you see trouble doesn't stop once December 1st rolls around, right? It continues. And for many people, this time of year is actually one of the most difficult times of year. And not because they're a Scrooge or a Grinch, although I'm sure you know a few of those yourself, but because they're humans and they're dealing with real hurts and real hangups during this season. And so, although there's many reasons that people aren't married during Christmas, I want to focus on three of those. And you might even find that you've actually experienced these yourself during the holiday season. You may be able to relate to all of them. So common struggles during the season. The first one is loneliness. Loneliness is definitely a common struggle during this season. Perhaps you don't have enough opportunities to participate in all of the social interactions that might be happening around you. Maybe you're the person that no one's inviting to the party and you feel left out or you feel kind of like the outcast. Maybe it's because there was a huge life change. So maybe there's people out there who have moved and they're far away from their friends and they're far away from their family. They don't have people near them to hang out with, to gather with. Or maybe there's broken relationships in the family. And so instead of creating more chaos or trying to fix it, we'd rather just avoid the dysfunction altogether and just keep the peace. And so we don't get that time to gather with people. Or maybe your job is really crazy in December. And you're doing well just to get through that shift, get home, get a couple hours of sleep so that you can do it all again the very next day. 
And I want to take just a minute to say thank you so much to those of you that work in the service industry because we know this time of year is really crazy and we appreciate all that you do and your patience with us <laughs> and the demands that we put on you guys. So thank you so much. But loneliness can also be caused because of us. Sometimes we're the one that's withdrawing and we're the one that's isolating ourselves because we're just not ready to face anything that comes with the holiday season. So loneliness, again, is one of those struggles. The second struggle is grief. Maybe someone's experiencing the loss of a loved one. And this is one that I can speak of from experience because 10 years ago, five days after Christmas, my mom suddenly passed away. And I remember my world being rocked and it was really difficult because I was watching everybody else's life continue on as normal while mine was crumbling. And it's such a difficult thing. And so it's something for us to be cognizant of as we move into this season that people are struggling with grief. Maybe your grief is from a divorce that puts a damper on the season. Now you have a, a broken relationship and whatever else comes with that, maybe there's kids involved and you're trying to figure out the two Christmases and all those other things. And sometimes there's a lot of grief that comes along with that. Maybe you were fired and you can't believe how you were treated and you're worried about what's going to happen next. What's my next step? What am I going to do coming into the new year? Or perhaps you had a bad diagnosis from the doctor and you're not sure what life looks like in the days ahead. Or maybe you were hurt by somebody's words or their actions and that has really caused damage to you and you can't believe that they would have caused that much pain to you. So grief is another thing that people are struggling with. The last one is stress. And the one that you're probably thinking of already is financial stress. Because a poll that was taken showed that 53% of people during the holiday season feel financial stress. And that's even if they've had a budget in place. So they've already planned out the year, they already know what's gonna happen and they're still feeling that burden of financial stress. Maybe you're feeling stressed this morning because you haven't finished shopping and time is tick, tick, ticking away. And that's not to make you feel stressed any more than you already are, <laughs> but <laughs> maybe that's your stress this morning. Maybe you're feeling stressed because you're feeling the pressure to make things perfect. Maybe you're hosting for the first time this year or you've just recently got married and you want it to be absolutely perfect that first Christmas. The tough one about this one is that not only are you feeling the stress to make everything perfect, but a lot of times that also comes with shame and guilt. Because now you feel like, I'm a failure, I wasn't able to make it perfect, or you feel guilty because you're like, I ruined the Christmas for everybody else, and you're just kind of feeling that stress. Maybe you have out-of-town guests coming in, and maybe they're not fun out-of-town guests. <laughs> or you have various holiday activities. Lots of people have full schedules going from November to January. Or if you're a teacher like me, maybe you're feeling the stress to get everything done in two weeks that you needed to do all year long. <laughs> and so you're running errands, you're going to doctor's visits, you're trying to visit family and do all those things that you haven't normally been able to do throughout the year. Or maybe you're traveling. That's enough said on that, we know. Or lastly, maybe you're dealing with a difficult boss and you've got tight deadlines and they're on your back. 
that can create a lot of stress during this holiday season. So how do we resolve or overcome these issues? With love. Love is the driving force of the Christmas story. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he sent his only son into this world to save us from our sin. So Jesus came to earth. He lived among his people. He modeled how to love every single day. And Christmas time is the perfect time for us to live out that love that God sent to us through Jesus. Now the challenge is showing that love after the holiday is over and making sure that we're still able to continue to live out that love that God sent us all year long so that we're making a difference in people's lives all year through. 1 Corinthians 13 gives us a pretty thorough description of how important love is, and I want to share that with you this morning. Verses 1 through 3 reads, If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but don't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I had to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. You see, love is vital to who we are and to what we do. Imagine for a moment that those same verses were put into terms of what we're experiencing during Christmas time. So a little forewarning, I took a little creative freedom and I did a little rewrite of the verses. But you'll get where I'm going as you hear it. If I can sing all of the popular Christmas carols, even the hymns of the season, but still cut people off in holiday traffic and don't love others, I would be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I give the perfect gift to everyone on my list, and if I know the meaning of Advent and I know the nativity story by heart, but I don't love others, I would be nothing. If I donate to multiple charities and churches and work myself to the bone, trying to keep up with the Joneses and every demand on my time, I could boast about it. But if I don't express the love of Christ to others, I would have gained nothing. Kind of puts things into perspective, doesn't it? I think we can all agree that this season, let's not get caught up in that part of it. Let's not get caught up in the season of it, but let's focus more on the reason behind what we're doing. Amen? So in that same chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 7 actually define love for us now. It says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not self-seeking. It is not irritable, and it forgives, keeping no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice in injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up or bears all things. It never loses faith, is always hopeful, 
and endures through every circumstance. So unlike the love portrayed in the movies, it's not just a feeling. Love is an action. So let's specifically look at four areas that we can all use as a guide as we're expressing the love of Jesus to others in this holiday season. The first one, love is kind. Our love has to be expressed in action. It's not just an affection. Kindness is something that we do, and every day we have the opportunity to enhance the lives of people around us by just doing simple acts of kindness. Jeremiah 31.3 says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. With loving kindness, I have drawn you to myself. So when we express kindness to others, what we're doing is we're drawing them in. And of course, the goal is not to draw them into ourselves. We can't be their savior, but we can do something even better. We can introduce them to him. And so we can tell them about Jesus and his love. And that's the greatest kindness that we can show anyone is by sharing the gospel. Amen. And for our friends who already know the Lord, you can show kindness by sharing a scripture with them, encouraging them, giving them spiritual counsel, and even gentle rebuke. Now, that last one is definitely challenging. And I know I've probably split the room in two because there's half of us that are like, I hate confrontation. I don't want to tell anybody something. And if they're messing up, God knows their heart. That's between them and God. And we want to stay out of that. But we're called to hold each other accountable. And then there's the other half of the room that's like, rebuke. I've got that. (laughs) The gentle part, maybe not so much, but rebuke, nailed it, got it. (laughs) But that's something for us to think about as we keep moving into the season. It's important for us to show love to all the people in this category. And we're setting a godly example for them when we do that. Christ died for all of us. And in that same way, we need to be able to show merciful kindness to everybody during this season even the people we don't feel like deserve it. Now, I know that's easier said than done, and surprise, God gave me an opportunity, as he often does, to live out this message. (laughs) So fun. (laughs) And so at work, um, there was a coworker who was in a pretty serious car accident. And in order to help her out, uh, the assistant principal started a meal train. And the meal train was to last through December and January. And so, of course, I got the email. I open it up. I click on the meal train. And only three people had signed up. And immediately, I knew why. Because she's not a nice lady. (laughs) And she's not friendly. And even if you say hello in the morning, hey, good morning, you're, I mean, you're lucky if you get a grumble. You know, like, she's not the friendliest person. And so it was really sad because it made me realize that her attitude had kind of turned people off from helping her. And so as I looked at the list, I could feel God talking to me. And, like, you can feel the elbow. Like, at this point, I can feel the elbow. And he's like, so you're going to (laughs) help? What are you about to do? And it was funny because then I was reminded again, hey, you're about to go teach on kindness. 
You gonna help? This is gonna be a really good example. You can use this, you can use this, you can preach about it. Well, go on, practice what you preach. Click on it, sign your name up. And now, if you've ever felt the conviction of God, you know that is not an easy thing to ignore. And so, I clicked out of that meal train as fast as I could and I started checking my email instead. <laughs> now, <laughs> after being transparent, <laughs> all that is said not because, you know, I want you guys to do the same. I would not advise ignoring the nudges of God because just like as a parent, we expect our children to listen when we're telling them how to act appropriately in a situation. God wants the same thing. He wants us to listen and he wants us to be responsive. I share that to say that nobody's perfect and that you won't always get it right. But let's make it our best effort this year to not miss out on being a blessing to other people because you never know what God is going to use and he might be using that little thing to make a very big change in somebody's life. So next week, feel free to follow up with me and give me a little accountability <laughs> and ask me if I signed up to help on that meal train. I would appreciate it. And, and let's all know that God's not done working on us yet. Amen? So what can you do? Well, Simple acts of kindness, like we talked about before. Invite somebody to coffee. Invite them to go Christmas shopping with you or even out to dinner. Call a friend or a family member who you haven't seen in a long time or you don't get to see often. Or maybe even reach out and spend time with others who you know are struggling during this season. And not only will that bless your heart, but for sure it'll lift their spirits and make the holidays a little bit of a happier time for them. Amen? Second thing, love bears all things. And that simply means to support someone or to help someone, help them carry their load. And oftentimes in difficulties, we hear people say, I know that God will never give me more than I can bear. And that's a comforting thought. But the truth is that there are times that you're going to face unbearable loss and that you're going to face problems that have no answer and you're going to deal with impossible people. And even if you find yourself in that situation, and it might feel like it's more than you can bear, please know this. God will never give you more than he can bear. You don't have to do it alone. He's going to be there with you. We don't have to endure every problem by ourselves. Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me. All who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So Christ's love is going to carry you through that. And the more we understand his love and the more we understand that sacrifice, the greater our capacity becomes to love other people the way he loves them. Galatians 6.2 says, Bear or help carry each other's burdens. In this way, you will follow Christ's teachings. So how can you follow his teachings? Well, lend a listening ear. Sometimes people don't need your advice. <laughs> they just need you to listen. Let them vent. Husbands, let your wife vent. She didn't ask for a solution. <laughs> <laughs> Offer to pray with someone who might be struggling. Or simply just ask someone, how can I help? 
and just wait for their response. You know, one way that I help my siblings bear their burdens is I babysit for them. And my nieces and nephews are not burdens. I love them, but it takes a village sometimes. And I know that if I watch the kiddos and they can take a break or they can eat a meal uninterrupted and they don't have to share with other tiny people around them, then, then I know I've supported them and that I'm extending and they're experiencing Christ's love. Amen? So the third thing is love is not self-seeking. A self-centered way of living is not biblical. It's not the biblical definition of love. We don't live for self-interest or self-gain or self-gratification. Selfishness has been so deeply ingrained in our culture that now we value self-love over loving others. I mean, we have a day at work called Treat Yourself. And you get to wear jeans, which is a big deal for teachers. You get to wear jeans that day, and then they have treats for you and all this stuff. And, and all those things are not bad in, in of themselves. We do need to have healthy boundaries. So we need to have a positive self-talk going on in our head. We need to take care of our health. We need to rest. All those many things. But self-love that only focuses on our own way, on our own opinions, on our own comfort, that's when we're no longer expressing biblical love. And so we see this every day. People are fighting in jobs to get ahead in their career. They don't care who they step on. We see this all over the news, how money is now being spent, where we spend our money. We see it on social media. It's everywhere. As I was preparing this message, a song came to me, and that was kind of the basis of Christmas love. And the song is called How Many Kings, and it's by a group called Down Here. And it's a great example of the selflessness that God expressed when he sent his son to earth. And I want to read you the chorus. It says, how many kings stepped down from their thrones? How many lords have abandoned their homes? How many greats have become the least for me? And how many gods have poured out their hearts to romance a world that is torn all apart? How many fathers gave up their sons for me? Only one did that for me. So in comparison to any lord or leader that we have right now or know of or have ever known in history, there's nothing that compares to the living God who has gifted us the most incredible gift and expression of love. 2 Corinthians 9.15 says, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Isn't that beautiful? So instead of self-seeking, we need to express love knowing that we've been loved first. 1 John 4.19 says, We love because he first loved us. We were loved first, and now we're giving back. Knowing that we are loved gives us that big capacity again to love others. And every person, it doesn't matter if they're grumpy or not, every person wants to feel valued and needed especially during this season where we're reminded of family and friends and the importance of them. So maybe during this time, you volunteer with your family. Maybe you're serving meals at a local shelter. Or 
Maybe you're teaching your kids during this time what that looks like. Imagine a world where we've taught children not to be self-seeking. Proverbs 22.6 says, train up a child in the way he should go, and then when he is old, he will not depart from it. So imagine what our world would look like if we start instilling that now and showing them, hey, guess what's happening? Guess what's reality? I have a friend who sits with her kids every year. They talk about what Christmas actually means. They talk about there's people at, who are in need, and then they Think about what can we do to help them. And one of the things that she does is they go to their room and they get rid of toys that they no longer play with or no longer need. And so it helps them kind of understand what it means to give of themselves in a really basic and simple way that a child can understand. And not only is that helping them, but it's helping her get rid of all the old stuff so that they can of course, fill it back up <laughs> with all the new stuff. But it's such a great way to just make a difference. And if we start impacting those students now and those children now, imagine the impact that they can have in the future. So the last one is that love forgives. God has not given us that love so that we can just keep it to ourselves. He wants us to share it with others. And this process of learning to love the way that Jesus did, it, it takes some time, and it's not always easy, but allow God's love to soften your heart. And allow yourself to start seeing people the way that he sees them. They're forgivable. Jesus is the perfect example of that forgiveness. He not only forgave his enemies, but he also forgave his friends. And we all know that a lot of times the really painful things that have happened to us and the deepest hurts that we have oftentimes come from the people closest to us. And so today, I encourage you to release. Release those people. Extend forgiveness. Release the grudges. Release the resentment. And maybe this is the perfect time for you even to extend an apology extend forgiveness to them it's a great way to have a fresh start for the brand new year that's approaching and i'm going to even challenge you a little further and say be the bigger person you reach out first practice releasing that person every single day and sometimes you will never get the apology you're looking for but just practice releasing that to God. And if it pops into your mind, God, I release that person to you. I forgive them and just move on. And lastly, don't forget to forgive yourself. Practice forgiving yourself during this season because God has already forgiven you. So as recipients of Christ's love, how should we respond? And what do we do now with all this information? Well, the first thing that we should do is we should should respond by believing. We believe that Christ died on the cross for us personally. And once we receive him into our lives, his very nature of love is now on the inside of us. Second, we should respond with gratitude. And we should just thank him for paying that ultimate price for us. And finally, the hardest part, we have to respond in love to other people. 
John 13, 34 says, So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. So the more we fall in love with Jesus, the greater our capacity is going to be to love others as he did. Amen. So as we close, I want to pray for those of you who need a new experience or who need to experience the love of Christmas in a different way. And then I want to lead um, those people who want to make a decision for Christ today in a prayer as well. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for loving us with an everlasting love that never changes. Father, we thank you for your perfect example of love and how it gives to others. Draw us deeper into your love so that we can share this gift with others. Lord, as we celebrate this Christmas season that's about you, we ask that you bless every person that comes into our lives. May they feel your love with every interaction. Help them to hear your love with every word that is spoken. Remind us to love all people, even those who seem the most unlovable. Lord, thank you again for the indescribable gift of your love. Amen. So for those of you who want to accept Christ into your heart this morning, let's all repeat this together. Father God, I need you. I admit that I'm a sinner. I now ask you to forgive my sins. I believe you sent your son to die on the cross for my sins. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Help me to live a life that is pleasing to you. Thank you for loving and saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's celebrate with those that made that decision this morning.